the difference between having a business and starting a business. Let's take a look at advantages. I spent the last five years working on 8 to 5, but now I said is enough. So I took my free time and built my online side business. The real question is, how will I do it without much time on my calendar, a family to maintain, and a full-time job? This podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow on as I learn, apply, and share my strategies to grow my online business using only today's best technology. My name is Daniel Chan, and welcome to the 8 to 5 Multiplier. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about business, what the advantages, what means incorporating a business, and what are the next steps after you said, hey, I want to sell something on Amazon and I'm starting gonna receive the money. What are the things that I should be thinking about it from a legal perspective and also to comply with the law? So you start your business, right? And the first thing that Amazon will ask you is for your tax ID. Now you have two options there. They can tell you, they can ask you either you are a person and you're selling and doing business as a regular natural person, or if you're doing business as an incorporated business. So one of the biggest difference is your incorporation. If you're doing business as yourself, you're representing your company from a business perspective and a tax perspective, everything will go under your name. That means all the money that you're making from Amazon will be taxed under your name, which means it's gonna be taxed under your entire yearly income. Depending on how much that's gonna be, you're gonna fall down into a specific bracket and that's how they're gonna tax you. Also, that's from the tax perspective. From the business perspective, your business is gonna be tied out to your name. So to give you an example of this, let's say it's like a really worst case scenario, but I think it explains really well this example. Let's say someone sued your product, right? Let's say someone, I don't know, broke a finger or whatever thing using your product and now they're suing you. Well, they're gonna be after your name because your name represents your brand, your name represents your business. Now, taking that into now an incorporated business. As an incorporated business, from the tax perspective, the business will pay taxes according to the business income outside from whatever money you're making or whatever money is in your income. Because now the business becomes an entity. It kind of, if we we think about it, it becomes like a person, right? the entity will have even its own social security number, what it's called an EIN. And also from the business perspective, the business will exist as its own. So with the same example, if someone breaks their finger using your product, which will be your business product, the person they're gonna be going after, if they sue it, is your business, not yourself. So your business is the one who's gonna have to pay for that lawsuit, not yourself, not you personally accountable. Your business is the one who's accountable. So there are 
differences. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a tax person. I'm not a lawyer. I don't have the legal right to give advice. But what I'm telling you over here, there are like a few general things that any business owner needs to know. Of course, later on, you have to hire your own lawyer, your own accountant to do all these legalities. But if you don't know what exists out there, it's going to be even harder to know what are the next steps that you should be doing. So let's talk a little bit more about incorporation of a business. Many people usually incorporate, especially if you're a small business, they say, hey, I'm going to do an LLC. Now, an LLC is the only business incorporation that, let's call it, is a little bit tricky. An LLC can have three different options. The first option is basically a sole proprietor. An LLC that is sole proprietor means that it only have one member, which probably is yourself. So from a tax perspective, that LLC is not an incorporated business because it only have one member. So it's basically the same thing as you're putting your name out there from a tax perspective. That means all the taxes and everything will combine with your personal income to define how much taxes you're going to be paying. The second one is an LLC in terms of a partnership. That one expands a little bit more. A partnership means that there's two or more members in that LLC. Still, very similar to the previous one, all the profits that the company is making on their LLC structure as a partnership will be divided against the percentage that each partner have. So let's say, for example, to make it easier, we only have two people and each one have 50%. If the company made $1,000 profit, that means it's 500 profit for each one. That $500 profit will go to each individual's income, and that's how taxes will be calculated. So again, it's going to be tied out to the personal income, to the specific bracket that will fall, and that's how much taxes they're going to be paying. And the third type of LLC is what is called an S-Corp. An S-Corp is basically a corporation, if we can call it. That's a big business. And now, from a tax perspective, it's going to be detached from the owners. That means that if the company had $1,000 profit, according to the tax law, depending on which bracket the company falls down, they will pay on a specific percentage over that $1,000. Now, here's the other thing. Now, if the S-Corp, in this case is an LLC S-Corp, will pay dividends, will pay profits to the owners, those owners will have to also file down over there what it's called kind of like a cascade effect of taxes. I'm not going to go all details because there's more details there and there's going to be a lot of calculations and everything, but I just want you to understand that part. That's kind of the three differences of an LLC because an LLC, even though it's an incorporation, you still have to structure it from a tax perspective because tax perspectives don't recognize an LLC by itself. So if you hear about it, what I was talking about, partnership and S-Corp, those are actually other incorporated business. If you don't want to incorporate an LLC, you can just incorporate a regular partnership 
a regular S corp or another one that is called a C corp. Now, why, let's say for example, if you're doing a partnership on an S corp, why doing it doing it as an LLC rather than saying, hey, this is gonna be just an S corp? And that's when it comes to the other side of the coin, the business side. Basically, what I was starting, I talk about the tax side and the business side. All these things that I've talked right now about the incorporation of your business under LLC is from the tax perspective, how it will be looked when you file your taxes. From the business perspective, that means how your business is going to operate and what's the legalities of your business is totally different. If you have an LLC, independently if it's a partnership or an S-corp, from a business perspective, from a legal perspective, the business is its own entity. That means if so, someone were to sue for a product, it will go directly to the entity and it will go against all the assets the entity have. That's from a law perspective. That's from the business perspective of having an LLC. If you don't have an LLC and if you have just an S-corp, the suit will go against the S-corp, which is basically the business. And depending on how much money the entity have and the legal, basically the, the prosecution of the company, it could even go against the owners. That's the biggest difference between registering your company as an LLC S-Corp rather than just an S-Corp. That's why a lot of people prefer to incorporate their companies as an LLC. Now, you were to ask me, what happened with the LLC that is sole proprietorship? Well, from a business perspective, it's the same as the person. The law will not protect you if you get sued. Because at the end of the day, you're just doing the LLC from an incorporation perspective. But if you're the only owner, basically how, how they look at it, I know it's kind of weird, but how they look at it from a law perspective is that, hey, everything at the end of the day will fall into one single person because it's only one single member ownership. So that's why try not to do a single member LLCs, try to do at least a partnership. And I don't want to go deeper into the law but if you want to research a little bit more, even though if you're a partnership or an S-Corp, you could also be liable with your personal assets. And that's what is called um, peel the veil. That basically, if even though you have a partnership or an S-Corp as an LLC, if they can prove that you didn't have a separation between your personal interests and the business, they could go against your personal uh, assets. So let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, you never created a bank account and you start mixing your expenses with your business expenses and your personal expenses. And basically, you start mixing those two accounts. That's the easiest way to fall down into this trap because it will be really easy to show that, hey, even though you have the business incorporation, you never treat it as a business you basically just treat it as an incorporation, but without that protection because you never had that separation of, hey, this is the line between the business, this is the line to my personal information and my personal expenses. So that's really quick on the side of incorporation. 
between taxes and business. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk a little bit more about it is white taxes. You know, I feel that at some point, especially now that we're getting close to the deadline to file taxes, everyone is talking about taxes, refunds, and everything. Many people, they don't, they think taxes is the worst thing, right? It's like, oh, I'm paying too much on taxes. I don't want to pay on taxes. How can I do? They're really happy when they get a refund. Well, you already paid. Your refund is your own money, right? But anyways, a lot of people don't understand why taxes were created. And if you look at taxes, there are many different taxes. But I'm just going to talk about you know, the IRS type of taxes that you have to file. The first one is your personal taxes. And that's what we already talked about it. That's what you fill it out every year with the 1040. That's because you're making money. Anyone who have a salary and is making money, well, not necessarily a salary, and anyone who is making money will have to pay taxes on the money that you're making. Basically, you're saying to the government saying, hey, you know, the government gives me all these alternatives, give me all this opportunity, whatever thing. I'm going to give a percentage of how much money I make to the government. There's no explanation for that. That's how it works. That's what it is. Now, if you look at it from the government perspective, where is the most money that they're making if you think about taxes? That's basically the income of the government, right? Where is the most money coming from? Do you think it's from everyone who have their salaries or is from corporations? And the answer is from corporations. And that's the second part of the taxes. Even though there's like millions of people paying taxes, most of the money that the IRS is making is not from people, is from corporations. Why? Because here's the big thing. And sometimes it's really hard to understand because most of us, we are on the other side of the desk as employees of a corporation, of a company. So we never think about it from the other perspective. So here's what I'm going to give you, some of the things that happen on that other side of the desk that not many people knows about it. And that's corporate taxes. The company that you're working for also pay taxes depending on their profits. If the company was profitable, they paid taxes according, very similar, let's put it very similar to personal taxes, depending on a tax bracket. It's a little bit more complex than that, but to make it easier, because that's something that we already know, let's say because of a tax bracket, corporations have to pay a specific percentage of their profits. Now, why corporates are the biggest taxpayers to the IRS? For two reasons. First of all, companies make millions of dollars more than their people. Because if they don't make more than their people, they're going to go down. That means that they didn't have any profits. And basically, all their income is just to pay people and pay everything. And if a company don't make a profit, it's going to go down in a few years. Second one, the taxes that you're paying from your pocket is actually not coming 100% straight from your pocket. If you look at it, you receive your paycheck. Your paycheck already have the deduction of taxes. Of course, it's your taxes, but your company already paid on behalf of you, even before giving you your paycheck, those taxes to the IRS. That's why corporations are the ma major 
taxpayers. Now, if you think about it from the government perspective, who are those people, who are those companies that are paying you the most? You want to give them some incentive. Why you want to give them incentive is not because they're paying you the most, because they're the ones who dictate the economy. Now, if we go a little bit more higher, more macro on the economy perspective, if the IRS were to give uh, an incentive to a company to say, hey, we're going to reduce your taxes, I don't know, $15,000 this year if you do X, Y, and Z. What those X, Y, and Z depends on how the economy is going. If there is a lot of unemployment, for example, the IRS could go to a company, well, not necessarily to one company, but they could open and say, hey, anyone who hire more than 500 employees this year, we're going to give you X amount of advantages on your taxes. So what a company is doing, right? You always want to have your tax advantages. So you're going to hire more people because probably that's going to help you even grow more. And now you're claiming that tax advantage. That's why the IRS works for the corporate and don't work for the people. Because you as an employee, the only thing that you could help is just paying your taxes. You're not going to hire more people. The corporation is going to hire more people. And that's what's going to make unemployment go down, unemployment go up. It will make the economy go forward or backwards. That's why if you look at the tax law, usually it's a book of, I don't know, like 2,000 pages, I think, or something like that. All those pages are for corporations and not for personal. For personal, you have your, you know, regular things. If you buy a hybrid car, for example, they give you some tax advantages. If you have dependents, they give you tax advantages, right? But if you look at it from the perspective of those tax advantages, how many things that they're giving to businesses is way more that they're giving to people because businesses are the ones who employ all these people. So you want to give them more advantages to them. So going with that, we talk about how people pay and you always at the end of the year, well, in April or before that, filing your taxes, you always look for, okay, which ones are my deductions? Because Let's say, for example, right now, we're paying 2018 taxes. And in 2018, the IRS made a calculation. They are saying, hey, this is the amount of money that we know that you're making because your company is basically saying this is how much we're paying him. So they know how much you're making. They know your status because of last year, or you can also change that in your W-2. And... From there, they say, hey, this is how much we should be deducting you in every paycheck so you are paying our taxes during 2018. So rather than you pay us a lump sum, we're going to deduct every single time that we give your company gives you a paycheck. Now, at the end of the year, because this is a calculation, this is an estimate, we don't know if there's certain things that could have changed in your life. For example, one of the biggest things that changed in 2018 for me is that I had a son. You know, if you are a dependent, you will get a tax advantage because now you're taking care of that dependent. Well, the IRS didn't know that I was going to have a dependent on 2018, so they never adjusted my paycheck from how much they were deducting. So that's why at the end of 2018, we do all these taxes, which is basically a reconciliation between how much you your company end up paying because sometimes they can pay you bonuses and everything else, right? 
So how much they end up paying you? And then you look at it how much you end up paying the IRS. And from there, you calculate what we usually call deductions. Basically, we go one by one on certain things that the IRS say, hey, if you have this, we're going to give you a deduction on how much you pay on taxes. If you have a dependent, we're going to give you a $5,000 deduction, for example, for your taxes. So at the end of the day, you look at it and you say, hey, I pay, let's say, $5,000 to the IRS on taxes. After all this calculation, I should have paid them only $3,000. So the IRS say, hey, you actually pay us $2,000 more. Here is your refund. Or it could be the different, the opposite, right? The IRS say, hey, you actually had to pay us $6,000 and we only deduct you $5,000. You have to pay us $1,000 more. That's basically why we do this type of things every year. It's just an adjustment of how much we've already been paying to the IRS to see if we are overpaid or we underpaid. Very similar to corporations. Now, corporations don't do it every year. Depending on how much money they're making, they have to do it every, <clears throat> every quarter. Now, they do it depending on their profits. Now, I know that profits is really easy term to say. It's basically, hey, this is how much money you make. These are your expenses. Here's your profit. Now, corporations also have different type of deductions to make it easy and simple to understand. Let's say, for example, you have, you're selling widgets. You make $10,000 on sales. And then you spend, let's say, $5,000 on the product, on advertisement, on Amazon fees. Let's say it's $5,000 to make the math easier. That means your profit were $5,000. And that's when you pay your taxes as a company. Let's say that's uh, 15%, right? So 15% of $1,000 or $5,000, that's how much you're going to have to pay in order to um, basically the IR, the IRS telling you what you have to do, right? So if we're saying, okay, we're paying 15% of the $5,000, that's $750, right? From there, what you're looking is also your deductions. Now, from your deductions, the, the IRS tells you, for example, one of the typical deductions that you can find is that they give you 50% on entertainment. Entertainment means that, hey, sometimes you have to take your client out for, a, for, for lunch or dinner or something like that, go bowling, whatever thing. The IRS tells you, hey, you can deduct 50% of those type of expenses. That was already an expense on your account that reduce your profit. Outside from there, that's where you have to calculate how much is that 50% to even reduce your taxes. That's why it gets a little bit more complicated because for companies, there's more line items that you could be expending. So for example, if you're a real estate or, well, let's talk about Amazon, right? Because we're here on Amazon FBA. One of the other expenses that you could declare over there is for example, internet. You need an internet connection to do all your business. The other type of things, hey, if you have a loan, for example, the interest that you're paying on a loan, that's also tax deductible. But if you look at it also from the global perspective, if you are paying, let's say, for example, you bought a new computer. Well, you bought a new computer, let's say, for doing your purposes on Amazon FBA. Well, that already constitutes an expense on your entire profit and loss 
which will deduct and will reduce your profits. So that's why corporations have more advantages. And I'm, I'm not going to go item by item because there are so many items. I will say that basically think about it. Hey, whatever thing I'm buying, I'm paying or anything is used for my company. I will deduct that. Now you could tell me, okay, what about electricity? If I am doing this business from my home, right? And that's when, I won't say it gets tricky, but you need to do more calculations there. So let's say, for example, you pay $100 every month on electricity to make math simple. You pay $100 every month. And then let's say your home is 1,000 square feet. And out of that, the 1,000 square feet, your, let's say your office room is 100 feet. So if your office room is 100 feet, out of the 1,000 square feet of your entire home, that means your office is only 10% of your entire home. Now, if your office represents 10% of your entire home and you're paying $100 every month on electricity, that means that 10% is coming out from your business. That's one of the easiest calcul calculations because it's really hard to tell how much everything is consuming electricity in your entire home. So you basically do that percentage calculation where you calculate, okay, what's the entire uh, amount of my home? Because that's how much you're paying, right? For your bills or anything. Now, out of that, I know that in size terms, 10% is where you do your business. That means that 10% of your bills goes to your business. So if you're paying $100 on electricity for your entire home, 10%, which is $10, will go to the business. That's an expense that you could put in your business to reduce your profits. So that's one of the examples. There's many examples. There's many things. I'm not going to go through all those lists because it's going to take me even more time just to try to do all those things. But those are kind of the scenarios that you can look for. So the next thing that I recommend a lot of people now that you have a better picture. And that's basically everything. There's more details that I haven't gone through just because it will. I can just keep talking and talking. But I think if you have these small details as an understanding, it will help you to define your business. But the next thing that is very, very critical is to do bookkeeping. I know that, hey, you have to spend a lot of time already trying to figure out your marketing and everything, how to sell your products. But if you don't do your bookkeeping, it's going to be really, really hard to later on at the end of the year knows what your expenses were exactly and where it goes and what is tax deductible. If you don't keep track of all your expenses that you're doing from your business line by line, at the end of the year, you're not going to remember everything. And it's going to take you more time trying to figure out bookkeeping is really, really important. That's why I started this podcast of saying, hey, this kind of like the boring thing, like, you know, something that people don't want to think about it when you start your own business. But if you don't think about it, you could even be losing money because you don't even know where your expenses are and you're going to be paying more taxes than what you're supposed to. So I usually use QuickBooks. One of the reasons why I like QuickBooks, because it integrates with your bank account, your credit cards. It also have a very basic integration with Amazon and Actually, with the software that we're developing, we're trying to create a better integration to QuickBooks to basically have it almost automated, where all this bookkeeping 
type of lines and everything will be minimized because at the end of the day, you have to focus on your business, right? And the nice thing is that it connects to another tool from QuickBooks called ProConnect, which is for tax preparation. So that's if you give that to your accountant to prepare your taxes at the end of the year, they can just transfer everything to ProConnect within QuickBooks and they will have all the information. So you basically even save more time just trying to compile everything because everything's already there. That's why I really like QuickBooks. Uh, they have really good plans and everything. Uh, you can just research it. But definitely that's one of the things that I recommend everyone doing it. Do bookkeeping. And that's one of the things that my software right now is trying to achieve. I know that we haven't finished and finalized, but one of the biggest features that we want from our software is to help you with the bookkeeping activities to make it easier, simple, and automated to the extent that is possible. So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know it went a little bit longer than expected. Visit my website, the8to5multiplier.com to get my free book on how to think about as a business owner, how to think about Amazon FBA, and how to change your mindset. Right now, the book is being printed. I think it will, I will have it in the next two or three weeks, and it's going to be available uh, for free. I'm giving my book for free. You just have to go to the 8to5multiplier.com. Right now, you can sign up to get an alert once we have the book in the hands, so I can just ship it to you. But everything will be for free. So go over there to our website and sign up so you can get an alert once I have the physical book over here printed out so I can send it to you. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 8 to 5 Multiplier, where I will go through my daily journey to financial freedom while working an 8 to 5 job and raising a family. We'll see you tomorrow.